We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are here live on Locker Room to do Buckstock Radio, and I am here joined as always, in addition to some terrific Bucks fans and Eurostep listeners, by my eccentric co-host, Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day outside today. It's it's it officially, is. I think, astronomical spring. Oh, so look at that. I think it's, I think, don't quote me on that. I know it's meteorological spring as of last week, but it might be astronomical spring. We got science on the pod. I know. So yes. I checked my weather app and it said like uh, there was a weather notice for me. And I was like, is there going to be like a tornado warning or something to ruin this beautiful day? It's just wind on a lake and there might be ice shoves. I don't live on the lake. I don't care about that. And this is like Winnebago, not not like Michigan. But um, that's I was so glad. I was like, please don't ruin this day for me. I want to be outside and, and it's not ruined. But we're here. We're, let's let's do our Bucks stock market. Obviously, some huge moves. I think we're going to talk all sorts of Bucks topics as we go. But let's start as always with the market and the first order of business. This is hilariously like after like the first couple questions about the trade. What people wanted to know is how does this affect the stock market, Rohan? What does this mean for the Bucks stock market? What it means is those players. I just move them to the bottom of the board. They will remain there forever uh, as a as a lasting legacy to what DJ Wilson was able to accomplish in the 2019 or 2020-21 season, but we automatically sell our positions at the current price when players leave the team. So you sold a DJ Wilson, a Tory Craig, and a DJ Augustine for a combined total of nine units. I sold two, two DJ Augustines for two units. So we both get a little bit of extra buying power just because we were forced to. 
We can still make other sales and all that before our moves. I've got one in mind. But how do you feel about, you know, kind of the return there? I guess it's good for us that DJA was not very underwater when that happened. Yeah, it's, I'm glad he sort of dug himself out a little bit uh, as he was getting there. But yeah, I, it's it's okay. These weren't major players, obviously. I mean, Tory Craig was at five for me. But real, realistically, these weren't major players at all. Uh, yeah. We got Justin in the chat saying, horse to the moon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's that was one of the that was one of the highlights of the trade. His horse stock is starting to inch its way up. It's Carlos coming. And it's going coming. up more soon. It's going up more soon. We got trade I deadline believe. coming up this week. We got. I heard Brian Windhorse on the Hoop Collective. Someone had to tell me this because obviously I don't listen to the Hoop Collective, but apparently uh, he casually threw out there that the extension talks were going well. So I, I was hoping yeah, he it said, was going to uh, get uh, next couple days. I was hoping it was going to get done before the Saturday game. They had the two full days off, but still certainly time. I I need that. That would obviously, goes without saying, that would be huge for horse stock. Literally any extension. If it's full max, that's an upstock. If it's anything less, that's clearly positive. Even if it's only one year, like any anything to keep Drew around in the building longer, for me, is going to be an upstock. I don't think you can overpay for Drew Holiday at this point. No, you really can't. We've seen already the immense value that he has. Uh, I think uh, I think good friend of ours, Dan Schaefer, had a nice stat on Twitter uh, the other day where he said Drew Hol- with Drew Holiday in the lineup, the Bucks were twenty-one and nine. That is now twenty-two and nine. On the oh season. wow! So it's just it. We're already seeing how valuable he is. So please, please, John Horace, get it done. Let's just get let's it finish this. Let's finish it. Exactly. All right. Should we ma- should we make our quick moves here? Let's do it. Uh, do right. you do you want to go first? Yeah, I've got a sale. And just by the way, so we're going to do our stock stuff. And then please, after that, start throwing topics in the chat. Make speaker requests. Come talk to us. Like we changed the format because we want to talk to more listeners and Bucks fans. So whatever whatever you guys want to hear about or want us to talk about, uh, get that ready. But I'm selling my Bobby Portis stock. I have one left. Ooh. I think it's currently valued at 18. Love Bobby Portis, but... I don't know. I think he's just been okay lately. I don't. I don't think he's going to trend harshly down. But I think, I think the era of Bobby going up four units, four units of value a week is over. I just. I think he's kind of settled into a role. He's been a little off and on for my liking. So you know, I'm just. I'm. I'm not going to hold this anymore for marginal gain. I think I can. I. I can spend better elsewhere. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Is that your? Is that your only sale? That's my only sale. So I'm up to 40 buying power. So big, big moves on the horizon here. Okay. I'm going to make a couple sales here. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah. I'm going to sell one Pat Connaughton. Start oh, the Pat C value is high right now. Yeah. I got to get out while it's, while it's hot. I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to be trending downwards. Like you were saying with Bobby Portis, I just feel like he's settled into a role and I do have some moves I want to make. Yeah. Okay. So, so I add 60 up to 35. Okay. I also want to sell one Thanasis. Oh, the nasty. Yeah, I mean that's uh, also a very a very high value for a, a role player to put it generously. Yeah, and I'll still have two shares of Pat, one share of Thanasis. Yeah. So you add thirteen, so you're going up to what forty two? Yes. Forty two total. Oh, so a lot of eighty two combined spending power for us this week. It's a, a big business week. Yes. Okay. I also. Oh. <laughs> also, I would like to sell oh three Brooke Lopez's. 
Oh, you're getting out of Brook Lopez, huh? You're not, you're not buying it. <laughs> I'm getting out a little bit here. He's, he's dug himself out of the hole. He's no longer like a negative five or whatever he was at. What was his, what was his worst? Negative, uh, three? Uh, did did he get to negative worst. five? Yeah, I don't think he dipped all the way to negative five. It was three. It was three. So, yeah, he, he's positive right now. So might as well get out a little bit. So, yeah, I'll take the extra. I'll take the extra three dollars in buying power there. Up to forty-five. So yeah, this is definitely a record for total buying power. Brian says, "I'm here for all the pat love. I'm not moving off my pat position. I think the stock is high right now at six. I think usually a guy I, I expect to hang around the three-four range, like he did for a lot of the season. But he keeps playing well. He keeps getting the minutes. He keeps frustrating the hell out of Bucks Twitter because he keeps getting the minutes. I don't see an issue. I think he's been great. I think." Last night, every like the Spurs were just just like hitting shots in his eye. I didn't think it was his fault. Like he wasn't jumping out of the gym. He was in good position. He's just not the tallest fella, and there's that is a negative. But and he doesn't obviously doesn't have great wingspan. But I just thought he had another really sound game. I just I, I've been impressed this year. I think you know turn the corner might be dramatic, but he looks like a better player to me. Yeah, he does. He looks fine. I just, I just, I, like, I'm keeping two. I'm keeping two. Yeah, yeah, you're not totally divesting. But I, you know, I thought about it because I have, I have five shares of Pat C worth a combined Ooh. 30 right now. Like, I'm heavily in this. And I was earlier today. I was like, should I sell? Like, should I capitalize on this Pat uh, rise? And I was like, you know, I think there's going to be more coming. I think he just keeps playing well. So I'm going to hold. But yeah. Okay. Okay. So I you're still... up to 45. Are you done selling? No, I got one more. Oh. I'm gonna, oh my goodness! This pains me. This pains me to do. I gotta get one John Horst. So you're, oh, you're moving off of a horse. Wow, what is he at right now? Two, two. Okay, so you must have major moves coming. So I still have I still have six uh, shares of John Horst. So I still <laughs> of believe. Of course you do. <laughs> true, true horse but, believer in the chat. Yes, uh, just you actually, I, on the room. Yeah, it it's me. Yeah, <laughs> I I will I will die on this hill. <laughs> but yeah, I just I have some I have some moves I want to make. Well, what's your first one? Go right ahead. If you're if you're if you have no more sales now that you sold half of your 15 stock portfolio, give me a Giannis. Okay, you, you can't go wrong, right? You know what? I'll go ahead. That's one of mine too. So we're both gonna get a Greek freak at 29. Yeah. So we this has been a a trend we've been talking about a recent trend we've been talking about here on the Eurostep. Giannis is as dominant as ever, Ty. He might be more I think dominant. More so. than I think ever, more yeah, so. More dominant yeah. than we've ever seen him play in his life. <laughs> so take the Spurs game, for instance, right? So the teams are shooting around the same percentages from the field. And that's wild to think that uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs are, you know, hanging around with the Bucks, given the Spurs are a really good team this season that has kind of flown under the radar. Yeah. But they, especially when they don't have Patty Mills, they don't have DeJounte Murray, LaMarcus Aldridge is in whatever LaMarcus Aldridge is doing. <laughs> and so you just, you expect that to be, you know, a relatively easy win. No, the Bucks come out and they struggle because the, like you were saying with Pat and his defensive uh, uh, skills earlier, the Spurs were just hitting shots. The level of shot making in that game was absolutely insane. Yeah. But the thing is, the thing is, Ty, Giannis, Giannis just took over. Giannis took over. He had a career tied his career high, excuse me, in assists with 15. He missed out on a triple double with rebounds, which is just I, insane. I have to imagine and that's got to be pretty rare for him. 
It's yeah, the rebounds are the easiest thing. Well, Dante was stealing all of them. That's why Dante and Pat have been rebounding their asses off lately. As a side note, like it's been wild to watch those two. Dante had thirteen rebounds, I think, in that game. (laughs) I'll say good. Like the Bucks needed some more hustling on the boards. I'm I'm glad that some players are stepping up there. I think they've been they've lost some very gettable rebounds earlier in the season. I've liked what I've seen, but go on. But yeah, Giannis he sees the floor completely differently now. We've been talking about this for a little bit. It's it's, I don't want to just say MVP level because he's been at an MVP level, obviously, for the last two years. This is finals MVP level. Ooh, I love it. Oh, I love that. Am take. I wrong? No, not at all. You didn't even talk about the jumpers. Oh, yeah. He just he he's, hits dagger jumpers now. He sealed the game with two different. He, first, he gets a pull up three. I think one of his better threes, just in terms of. They the the Spurs were not covering him. <laughs> Carlo free throw and then it tails off. Yeah, we're not even going to touch on that. I feel like I actually feel safer touching on the jumpers than the uh, the charity stripe work, but that's been good too. Um, but the three he took, I felt like he didn't hesitate as much as he often does. He just kind of he went up, did the dribble or two he always does, and then just pulled it and it went in. Like I do feel like just the confidence in his threes look better. I, I think he's hesitating a little less before he decides to pull or not, which is essential. And the, like those high post fadeaways of his, they're starting to look really good. Like, I think for the last two years, they've looked, like last regular season, they look good too. And I think he, he kind of lost confidence in it around the playoffs. I hope he keeps shooting. I, I want him to shoot like four of these things a game. Like, get as comfortable as possible with that shot because where he releases, there's almost nobody in the league who can do anything about that shot. Like, even if most players defend it perfectly, they're not going to get high enough to be able to disrupt that thing. Like, that's why players who have that kind of fadeaway are the ones who often end up as the best players on championship teams. Cause like when everything else is taken away by a truly great defensive coach would be nice to have one of those, but I digress. Like that's the kind of shot that you can just get no matter what. And Giannis getting more comfortable with that. It's huge. Like that and the passing and the fact that still, if you give him a lane to the rim, he's going to dunk all over your team and hang on the rim for 45 seconds. Like, he's definitely, I think, better than we've ever seen him before. So that's why we're both investing. Like, how could you not right now buy Giannis stock? Yeah, it's it's impossible not to, especially especially because there's a window. For, I don't think it's happening still, but there's another window into him winning a third straight MVP. Justin said three times, listen, man, and we, obviously we hate all injuries. We're not ever celebrating an injury, but... Looks like LeBron is going to miss some time for like the second or third time in his whole career, which is wild. Embiid is still sitting out. Anthony Davis still out. You know, it's Harden, Jokic, Dame, and Giannis, I feel like, is kind of the the group right now with a chance to gain some momentum. So I, I don't think in a normal year Giannis would really have a chance, but right now it kind of feels like he does. It, it, it's He's making it happen. I'll say that. There's, on his part, I don't think there's much more he could do with the way he's played lately in, in crunch time. There really isn't. I still think Jokic should be at the top of the field right now. I think that's fair. Just, ah, actually, I, him and Dame right now are probably my kind of tied for one. Very close. I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's going to it's gonna really depend on how the records shake out in the yeah. West. If I, the Nuggets get a top three seed, I think it's Jokic's to lose. Yeah, I could see that. But, you know, I th- yeah, if they, if they end yeah, up top three, for sure. Yeah. Dame also, if that if they end up with a top three seed, I think Dame might end up taking it home. But yeah, we digress. So yeah, we're both yeah. picking up a Giannis stock here. Do you want to make what's your next move? Five shares of John Horst. 
Oh I'm my going goodness. In. I'm going in on John Horst. This is, you know, it's definitely a risk, but trade deadline coming up. So the trade deadline will happen before we do this again. Um, so I think there's going to be some sort of, I think there's going to be some sort of addition made, even if it's like a quiet one, like finding one of these free agent point guards or something that feels like an easy upstock opportunity. We've heard that the drew extension is close. That feels like an easy upstock opportunity. Like, I don't know. It almost feels hard for horse to mess up at this point, which I might come back to regret these words. (laughs) I might come back to regret these words later, but, uh, we just feel like he's in such a good position to round out this roster. And, you know, if in the next week he gets Drew to put that pen to paper and adds a quality point guard, and listen, you know, the point guard options are not great. It's not going to be difficult to match DJ Augustine's contributions. I think it's a, it's a low lift. So basically, if he can make all these moves, I think increase the Bucks' draft capital, increase their stretch four capabilities. We'll talk about PJ Tucker soon. And uh, basically make a lateral move at backup point guard. Just home run after home run. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Horace lately. Um, I'm going in big. Clearly, my goodness. Clearly, you know, you, so- you only have one less stock than I do. I know. I'm, I'm in the. I'm in here with you on Horace now. I can't let you get away from me on uh, on the John Horace speculation alone. Like if Bud stock flipped, your portfolio would be a lot more valuable than mine. Basically, your four shares of Bud cancel out your one share of Chris and are holding your your portfolio down, but. You know, he busted out some zone last night. Bud might yeah, be. Yeah, uh, we sh- we need to talk about Bud later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he might be making some moves. So I gotta I gotta not let you pull away from me. So yeah, I'm going in on Horst. I'm I'm literally betting on John Horst to make some moves this next week. Hey, I can't say I disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, you cannot. Okay. No, I cannot. My next move. I have 18 left in buying power. Give me a Chris Middleton. Oh, okay. I ooh, this is this feels bold to me. Talk, why are you going in on Chris right now? It's it's that time of the season, Ty. Oh. It feels like this team has momentum with going with them right now. They had the week off. Brooke Lopez is playing well. Giannis is playing out of his mind. Drew Holiday's back in the lineup. They have PJ Tucker now. They're having fun out there. I think this team realizes this is their time to actually ramp up. I can't remember who tweeted this? I do this way too often. But <laughs> someone tweeted uh, yesterday during the game. It was like this season, uh, the first half of the season was about experimentation. They're not experimenting anymore. They're oh. actually doing things in practice. Like they're putting things into practice that are actually going to help them win games. And we saw that. We saw them mid-game adjust to actually try and win the game, not just to see what happens. And I think Chris Middleton is going to be a big part We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We saw that. Chris Middleton was actually playing well. We'd seen a recent downtrend for him. But I think with the streakiness that we've talked about with Chris, with the lows come the highs. And I think it's time for a high. You know, listen, he started out the Spurs game a little shaky. I was disheartened. I was sad boy posting in the Eurogroup Discord. And then he hits a couple threes in Spurs defenders' eyes. Classic Chris Middleton threes to help put that game away. So certainly seems like he is on, on the uptrend right now. I don't hate it. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Can I predict what you're doing with your last two? Uh, I feel like it's... uh... Fairly obvious. You're going two PJ Tuckers and I'm going one yes, PJ sir. Tucker. Let's talk about yep. Tuck. Let's talk about Tuck. It's perfect segue. We're, we're out of buying power. We made our moves. Um, we both picked up Giannis. We both picked up some PJ Tuckers. We're just on the same wavelength, Rohan. But, you know, he gets an upstock. I really, I thought about, like, should we do an IPO? Should he come out at, like, five or something? Because clearly one is going to be a little low. I'm glad neither of us bought, like, 30 PJ Tuckers, although I did think about it. Um, I didn't actually do it. Uh, we'll have to work that out for future Buck stock market additions. Although I don't think anybody else would need to come in at more than one. I guess we'll see. Um, but PJ Tucker, I feel like a quiet-ish game against the Spurs, kind of getting you know getting acclimated. But I did think like you could immediately see the appeal of PJ Tucker. I thought it was a very exciting game for him. Oh, for sure, for sure. He plays a little under thirteen minutes. He only takes one shot, which is a corner three that he almost airballs. <laughs> but which is a little disheartening to see, especially considering the Bucks. The Bucks social media team is going all in on PJ Tucker, by the way. Yo, like all this was in. like this They're was an answer like the question. Him for, yeah, they feel like they traded for Harden. Right? <laughs> like the absolute excitement when they put up not one but two videos within like five minutes announcing that he was signed. I was like, oh, this is a huge deal to the team, isn't it? Like the I will say the the compilation they put together of like him playing defense and hitting corner threes. I don't think I would – I could not see myself before now getting hyped about a compilation of that, like the most role player stuff possible. I was ready to run through a wall, dude. I was like, oh, my God, this is the best acquisition of all time. The plane video was what it was. I love the mystery of who is greeting PJ Tucker. It was like this is now like the new Zapruder film. But, yeah, I thought an extremely PJ Tucker debut, uh, which is fitting. Missed the one shot. I am still holding out hope. The threes are going to show up. We'll see if they do or not. But the defense was immediately like, oh, okay, this is what – I I think I put it on Twitter earlier this week. Like, I think P.J. Tucker is what Bucks fans thought Torrey Craig was going to be. You could see it right away. Like, he defends differently than a normal defender or even, like, a good defender. You can see, like, oh, this guy is, like, a legit defensive player even at 35 or however old, 34, however old he is. Yeah, it's he's a, he's another stopper. The Bucks are adding yeah. stoppers on defense. They have Drew Holiday. They, uh, 
Giannis, whatever you consider him to be, he's still an elite, elite defensive, reigning defensive player of the year, by the way. <laughs> and now you had another stopper in PJ Tucker. It's, I think it was you who was who tweeted like, "Oh, imagine getting past Drew Holiday just to be met with Giannis and PJ Tucker." Was that you? No, it wasn't me. Okay, I thought. I wish that's a good, good tweet. tweet. Yeah, yeah, whoever tweeted that, shouts to them. No, again, it is. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a, you're an IP thief. Um, no, but the the defensive capabilities that they have now, like, it's getting ridiculous. Like Drew, PJ Tucker, and Giannis all on the floor, presumably to close playoff games. That is like three ridiculous defenders to have out there. And obviously a lot's going to depend, I think, their overall ceiling on if those corner threes do start falling for PJ again. But I think either way, it's pretty clear he's going to be an absolute plus to me. I mean, again, we're 13 minutes in. Didn't look great in his time in Houston. Certainly did not seem to have a lack of energy when he was out there for the Bucks. So I do think we are going to see a different player. He really was trying with this new team it felt like didn't it he was running all up and down the court you didn't see that in houston this season no no he was, three he rebounds. was completely checked out in yeah houston. he not anymore three rebounds a block in his 13 minutes <sighs> i'm excited yeah. i'm excited for a, more pj it was a it was a what was the, it was a block on derozan right yeah it was derozan in the mid-range wasn't it I believe so. Well, yeah, of course, DeRozan then, wouldn't shoot a non-min ranger, of course. Yeah. Shots to DeMar. Please stay in Milwaukee. Uh, but, <laughs> Don't leave. But the reason that happened, the reason he got matched up on DeRozan so much is because they were switching him onto him. Yeah. And it worked. It worked to perfection. You cannot really get uh, a better switchy defender at the 4-5 position, whatever you want to call him, than P.J. Tucker. Yeah, I mean, you think about it now, like... Remember how easily Miami was able to basically neutralize the Chris Giannis pick and roll because the Heat were able to switch it with two similar-ish players and it kind of just shut it down? Even if the Bucks want to continue using Giannis off ball more and keeping him to play free safety, the Bucks can now have Drew Holiday guard the initiator and P.J. Tucker guard the big and just switch whatever they want. And like no matter which way it ends up, you have two defensive stoppers who can guard beyond their size on both players, plus Giannis coming over to help. Like the amount of not just like guys who are able to switch like Chris Middleton, but who are comfortable switching. And also like, I wouldn't want to try and throw a pass if PJ Tucker and Drew Holiday are both around. Like the Bucks are going to be able to do some serious disruptions to targeted pick and rolls in the playoffs. So if they go up against a team who is like, we really want to run this pick and roll a lot, the Bucks now have some really good answers to try and neutralize those actions and take away the advantage, which it's not the kind of thing you could really say before. Like they, I think this team is certainly to me, feels a lot more ready for the playoffs than teams in the past. Like this is by far the switchiest roster they've had. That's the answer to the Harden KD pick and roll. Yeah, that's an answer. I mean, you're never going to stop those guys, but it's a much better answer than they've had previously. I mean, if you're, if you're putting Drew Holiday on Harden and then PJ Tucker on Durant, and you switch those two actions, you're still going to have great defenders on either of them. Drew will guard up, given you can't really do much against Kevin Durant with his release point, like you were talking about with Giannis. The epitome of that is Kevin Durant, right? So there's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do there. But that's still that's still more than any other team can really throw at that duo. If right? you're an offensive player and you have Drew Holiday on you, it's like... And then you get and then you force the switch. It's like, oh, we forced the switch. That's, that's such a good thing for most offensive players. 
and then you see you have PJ Tucker on you post switch. It's like you're running from a huge, fast junkyard dog and you get to a fence and miraculously you climb over in time and you land on the other side and there's just like an identical dog. And you're just like, bro, really? Like I jumped this fence for nothing. And that's what it's going to be like now. The Bucks kind of did this before, but now it's like that it's a whole nother level. I mean, they're going to be able to hide their bad defenders and their bad defenders are now better because DJ Augustine's no longer on the team. Bryn Forbes is about as were as bad as it gets right now. And I still think the concerns are overblown. Like he's just small players are going to hit shots over him. They did it. The, the Spurs did, but they were hitting shots over everyone. But uh, it's just the, the Bucks are going to be able to hide those guys easier. And everybody else is going to have really strong defenders on them. Yeah. And especially let's say an, an elite player gets past the Drew switch, then the PJ Tucker switch, then you have to deal with Giannis. Exactly. Like, oh. <laughs> that's, that's that three levels of defense is unmatched. Jeezy says, look at at Ty 180 on PJ. Listen, listen, listen. (laughs) For the value. For the value. For the value. He looked better on defense than I expected. It's just the energy level is really different. We still have yet to see him hit a three. I I do think he's going to. Obviously, he's going to. I think the ultimate question will be what the threes are like with him. And it's going to say a lot about how far this team can go. I still don't think they should sign him to a two-year extension. I think that is... uh, uh, could turn poorly considering his age and everything. I'm still a little worried. I also did think it was going to be more expensive to get him than the deal actually ended up being. So it's almost like, like the expectation was set for me so differently based on just really liking the trade independent of PJ Tucker. It feels like found money almost, you know, it's like $20 doesn't get you excited in general. Like, Oh, it's $20. Unless whatever. I have more than stock that. market. Yeah, then it's exciting. But like if you find a $20 bill on the sidewalk, that's exciting as hell. It's like it doesn't does it make a difference in your life? Probably not. But in that moment, the $20 seems sweet. That's me reacting to PJ Tucker. Yeah, we're drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit here. But yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That's what we, you do. We'll come, we might come down to earth eventually, but who knows? We might not. We might not have to. I hope we don't have to. We forgot to do our shorts, by the way, or at least we didn't get there yet. Yes. Okay, let's do that quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cheating the system. I'm shorting horse. What on earth are you doing? I can't lose. I can't lose, Rohan. Why? Do if, he do- if he doesn't get the deal done, I still get some money back to move off my horse stock. Oh. So I, oh, I, buy, horse, I buy horse and I short horse, baby. That's, that's a GameStop play. I, it's a win-win. So it goes good and I, my short doesn't pan out and it costs me nothing. It goes bad. I, I don't lose everything. I can still get out. So... That's why I am shorting John Horst. I'm going to short Dante. Yeah, I, we got. I, I want to talk about Dante after we answer Justin's question right here. Um, I, people think we have an anti Dante, an anti Dante agenda. I want to dive into that. No. I, I don't think we do, but we do. Um, but Justin says, "Why not sign the PJ extension? We don't have cap room, anyways. How much would it be for?" I think. Do you remember the value, Rohan, of the PJ extension? I think seventeen, 17 million over two. You know, no, it's 17 a year. I think. Let me check. If it's 17 over two, you could probably talk me into it. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I'm a little worried. It just ends up looking like the Brooke Lopez does, you know, where it's like, you know, we have him. Can't do much with the cap anyway, but you are kind of tied to the guy. Although they got off DJ Augustine super easily. So maybe not. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess maybe oh, you should it's, just. It's 17 for two years. 17. Oh, okay. Actually, you know what then? Yeah, I, I guess you. I guess you'd want to sign it. I think he'd want more though. 
Yeah, I mean, he he certainly wanted more from Houston. That was the ended up being the big sticking point. Like he might still be there if they had decided to pay him. I think obviously it would have improved his mood a little bit. Um, I I don't know. I guess I guess the two for seventeen. I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that. But if you sign him to something like what Brooke Lopez makes or more, then I feel like you're setting yourself up to be in this exact same position later. Which you could argue at least you have the trade salary then if you keep him around, and that's the worst case scenario. I don't know. I guess I'm ambivalent. I'm more ambivalent than I am negative about it. Justin also yeah. says Horace is the trade god. He could trade PJ if he needs to. Yeah, that's also true. I still can't believe DJ Augustine was like, was he viewed as an asset in that deal almost? Like, I don't know. I was, that, that deal is going to boggle my mind for a little while. I guess he was viewed as an asset now that we think about that. Like, we at least really a little bit. Analyze right? this from Houston's perspective. Houston got off their most valuable asset, potentially. To move uh move a couple spots up in the draft? This really I don't I don't get the I mean I guess that's Unless useful they think for them. DJ Wilson's gonna be good. I mean I guess you know what? Sterling Brown's played kinda well. Maybe they're like, maybe we can do this twice. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I d I don't really I don't really get it for them. I guess they move the they move their Bucks pick back a year, which I mean, still firmly in the honest contract range. I don't think it really matters too much. Maybe they're going for the double draft. I don't know. Yeah, I I can't take anything Houston does seriously, if I'm being honest. Yeah, maybe they're big DJ Augustine fans. I don't know. but Or we'll see if they flip him. We'll see if they flip him in the next week. That would be fascinating. If a contender, if a content, if the Clippers trade for DJ Augustine, that, that was I my will idea. laugh for an hour, man. They might. They might. You never know. They need a point guard. They don't really have any salary to give back and that sort of deal, but who knows? <laughs> um, I'm, 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 not, I'm not at all dissatisfied that I don't have to be concerned about what DJ Augustine is going to do in the playoffs when he's absolutely targeted possession after possession. That, that's all. I don't, I don't want to. I'm tired of ragging on point guards after they get traded, um, which is kind of what we do now, but uh, that's all I'll say on that. Let's talk about Dante. <laughs> Let's talk about your short Dante DiVincenzo. So I feel like there's, uh, there's only, I think he's maybe becoming the most polarizing player among Bucks fans. I think Chris Middleton was that for a while and certainly still pretty polarizing. But I do think, I think people are just kind of getting tired of the Chris Middleton combos and Dante DiVincenzo now is maybe becoming the new lightning rod. I feel like the highs are so high. I mean, he had 20 points two nights ago he had 13 rebounds in this game and he added another 12 points three steals three assists the the threes were not falling for him one for seven i think by far and i know we talked about this on the last episode like the difference between his highs and his lows is way bigger than anybody even chris way bigger than anybody else on the roster and it happens faster like chris is like we said he's streaky he'll get mired in a slump for a couple games will play out of his mind for a couple weeks but it's Fairly, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't spike up and down. Like Dante's, like just overall performance is like just an insane mountain range. It's like the Himalayas, like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And I just think there are some people who see the highs more than the lows. There's some people who see the lows more than the highs. It makes it really hard to evaluate him, especially on the stock market, because there's games where he will put up 20 points. And he's closer to a down stock than an up stock and vice versa. What are your, what are your thoughts on Dante as a whole in the aggregate? And why, why do you think people think we're unfairly biased against Dante? 
first, I don't think we're unfairly biased against Dante, <laughs> just to start off with. I, I don't think so either. He shoots the ball way too much. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the kind of shots he will take. Exactly. Exactly. That's been our problem with him all year is shot selection, right? If they go in, sure. Even if they go in, there's still audacious shots that he takes. But they're not Icarus. even going in, Ty. They're Icarus. not even going in. He's have a five of thirteen. I can pull him up. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll pull him up. Yeah, he was five of thirteen uh, against San Antonio. Seven of sixteen against uh, the Sixers, and he put up twenty points, twelve points, like you said. But still, my goodness, like you were saying, the downs you'll see with Chris. At least when Chris isn't feeling it, like he won't. He just won't shoot the ball as much. He'll like playmake. He'll try to pass a little bit more. Dante. Dante, I feel like, is learning a little too much from Bryn Forbes, except he's not Bryn Forbes. <laughs> like, Bryn will shoot every time he touches the damn ball. Dante is starting to do the same, though he will get the occasional uh, wide-open layoff off of, uh, off of pass fakes, which is apparently his thing now. But you never know what's going to happen when he goes up for the layup. Like, I've never like... seen a player that has these <laughs> sort of layup at the... You don't know what's going to happen. I, it's almost like he watches Luca highlights and he just goes like, why not me? I could do this. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. Um, so Dante on the season, 47% from two is a career low for him. 37% from three is a career high for him. Uh, 10.6 points per game, 3.1, uh, assists, 5.3 rebounds. So it's like a 1.3 turnovers, uh, which is actually lower than last year, even though he's playing more minutes and certainly touching the ball a lot more. I think the difference in the two-point shooting is obvious. Like, all these damn pull-up off-the-dribble twos, which I I love the Bryn Forbes comp, because Bryn Forbes, I, I think, almost takes too many of those, too, although he makes a pretty good amount of them. Dante is just like, like, what are you doing when Chris and Giannis or Drew and Giannis are out there? Like, there's no need for you to take a, a staggered off-the-dribble fadeaway two. Like, you're you're not Luca, man. I hate to break the news. Just a, you're a different player. That's not what your strengths are. I'm glad the threes are falling more often. I I should pull up his catch and shoot numbers. I'm sure they're even better because he again it, he takes some ridiculous shots behind the three point line too. And it's just like it's just too much. And like he he takes a heat check after like one make. And it's like come on man, like make four shots and then take one of these heat checks. Like if he took one out of every six shots when he's on was one of these audacious shots, I'd have no issue. There's just so many, and it's like, I think the worst part about the Dante experience over the last week was he started heat checking on defense. Like the the there was folks I think upset about his stock uh, update after the overtime game when did we put him down or he just didn't move? He didn't I even just, move. He didn't move. He had earned an up stock during the game, like during regulation, and then the last second of regulation and overtime, he completely <laughs> got rid of that up stock. Like he went for that's the only reason the game went to overtime is because he tried to go for a steal down when they were up three with three seconds left. Yeah, and he, he did the exact same thing like two minutes later in overtime and gave up another open shot. And it's just like And credit there, to Bud. Bud took him out right away. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a strong I don't I don't know if he even should have been in after how he ended the game. Like literally gave uh gave life to the opponent and like you said, put that game into overtime. It was just such a frustrating play, but it was perfectly Dante. Like usually, I mean, we just talked in the closers pod about how we trust him a little bit more late in games. If we trust him more defensively, those takes age like hot milk. But 
it just tries to do way too much. Like I, I've moved from calling him Carson Wentz, which I still think that's a good analogy, to calling him Icarus because you can just see him. You can see it live in real time in 4K, just flying way too close to the sun. And unsurprisingly, almost every game, somehow, some way, it's going to burn both him and the Bucks. It's just like a maddening player. Like clearly some skills are there. Like he can do things well. The shot is coming along nicely. He does have some burst, although as Jeezy mentioned, maybe not exactly the vert that uh, that we thought. It's, he does have trouble finishing some of those layups and sometimes dunks, but there's positives there. But man, does he make some boneheaded decisions that can nullify a truly great game he's putting together. It's almost like vaguely Pat-ish. But Pat was like quieter on, on all fronts because, I mean, it's hard to play as loud as Dante DiVincenzo when you're you know, basically a role player. But like if Dante ends up aging kind of like Pat did over the last year or so and like stop jumping uncontrollably and going for steals, you're probably not going to get. And just a little more situational awareness. And if he starts shooting the ball as well as Pat has, then it's like, OK, now he's like a legit fifth starter. Right now, there's times when he looks like he obviously should be out there in every big game moment. And there's sometimes where it's like, can, can we play him? Like it's the, the highs are so high, but the lows, man, it's literally almost lost Milwaukee a game in a point where he had before that one of it, probably his best career game. Yeah. It's <laughs> even the small things. I don't really trust him to do that much anymore. You want to know how I know PJ Tucker is new to the team in terms of his play. There was one point uh, in the first half, I think it was late second quarter, where PJ got a wide open corner three, but then he saw Dante was open on the wing and he passed it to Dante for an open three. Dante oh, I remember that. Bricked it. I remember that. Absolutely <laughs> bricked it. And I was like, PJ, you got to shoot that. You got to shoot that. Dante, he might shoot the ball, but he's not a shooter. Not a shooter. It's, I just, I really hope it comes along. And like you were saying, he definitely can put it all together. He's shown in bursts that he can put it all together. I think the Icarus comparison is perfect. He flies way too close to the sun. He feels himself a little too much. And then it starts to, you know, dwindle down a bit. But I'm holding out hope. I'm still holding out hope. We're not unfairly against Dante. I still believe. I very much believe in Dante. I think he, like you said, the closer's takes uh, aged very poorly. But we said those (laughs) for a reason. He's shown that he can be trusted at those, at those points in games if he just plays within himself. But he just hasn't been playing within himself lately. But there's still time. There's still time. I just hope that he at least wins the Bucks as many games with outlier performances in the playoffs as he does lose. Like, if they break even there, I think it'll be okay. But I, I would not shock me if a game comes down close and one way or another, Dante DiVincenzo ends up being the... Uh, the deciding factor. Jake asks, who would you have start over Dante? I guess first, Rohan, before we answer who, would you actually take him out of the starting lineup right now? No. I don't think I would either. But I think the answer here might be P.J. Tucker. I think it... Would it? That'd be a massive lineup. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because that would be that would be Drew, Chris, P.J., Giannis, Brooke. Yeah, maybe that is too big. That's way. I don't too know big. who else it'd it would be. It'd have to oh, be Bryn Forbes or Pat. Yeah, or Pat. Pat or Bryn. Jake says Chris defending twos will have me vomit. Yeah, yeah. Really I guess that's big. the issue. That's the issue with a lot of these guys, right? Like, I don't know. I don't really want Pat defending twos either. 
I think that's why Dante is pretty safe in his spot. I don't think there is a cut and dried player who would slide in there nicely. Like I still Pat defending bigger threes and fours in every circumstance to me is better than Pat trying to defend smaller players. So I guess Bryn is probably the, the cleanest one to slot in. Obviously there's going to be, you know, it's going to hurt your defense a little. Eh, yeah. It's going to hurt your defense a little bit, but I think you can, uh, I think you can cover for it. Then he asks, is, do you think Bryn is better than Dante? I don't know. They're such different players. It's like, no, I don't know. No, what do you, what do no, you think, bro? Think Probably so. not. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Dante brings much, uh, much more on the defensive end of the ball. Plus, he's just he's a smarter defender than Bryn Forbes. Given Bryn, he has one skill and he is elite at it. I don't think Dante is like an elite elite defender, while Bryn is an elite shooter. But I think Dante just has the mix of skills that you would want in your starting lineup to mess mesh with your stars than I would with uh, Bryn Forbes. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Jeezy. I, I I also don't think he should be subbed out of the starting five. It's just so hard to compare like Dante to Bryn Forbes because I, we just talked about the the dis, the difference in in what kind of Dante play you're going to get is so wild. Whereas Bryn Forbes is going to do the exact same stuff every game. Like the shot's not going to go in the same every game. But I I don't think I've really seen many head scratching plays from Bryn Forbes. I don't love some of the long twos off the Giannis uh, dribble handoffs. I would like to see those become threes. But, like, he's going to do what he does. He's going to shoot the ball a lot. That's what he's going to do. He's going to be small. He's going to shoot the ball. He might do a floater every couple of games. There's definitely going to be more consistency, but you obviously you lose then the upside and the downside of Dante. But I think, I think what's nice about Dante is he's just more well-rounded of a player. He's going to distribute a little bit. Bryn Forbes is just going to be Bryn Forbes. So I think... Although I said he's he plays he can play more than Kyle Korver, he's still kind of that situational, more one dimensional player. Yeah, he's he's more Kyle Korver than Kyle Korver was for the Bucks. If we're being I do think he's playable in the playoffs, though. I think I think yes. he'll play eighteen to twenty two minutes, and it'll help the team. That's a lot. We'll see. Is it eighteen minutes? That's a decent amount of time in a playoff game. Like if it's a close game, that's a lot of time. Yeah, but he's going to take five threes in that time. That's fair. That's fair. And if he, this is going to be games when he makes three or four of them, and it absolutely it, it swings the game a little bit. Yeah. We got a couple got questions. A, yeah. yeah. Interesting question from Maxwell here. For just this season with no injuries, how would a KD for Giannis swap work? As in which team would get better? <sighs> That's hard Ooh. to say. That's, I always want to automatically answer KD's team because KD is KD. I do think Giannis, Harden, and Kyrie is just like I think it makes maybe even a little more sense if they just run a ton of pick and rolls with those two guys and Giannis. Like it's pretty unguardable. Yeah, Josh Everly and Jet. Not Nets are unbeatable with Giannis. Yeah, I'd com- I think the Nets would exponentially get better just because of what's uh, surrounding them <laughs> with Harden and Kyrie. Uh, with Giannis, just imagine Harden and Kyrie on this Bucks team. Yeah, but I mean, I would. Drew, KD, and Chris would be pretty damn good, too. I think yeah, that the fit be. is probably better uh, yeah, in Brooklyn. KD is just the most swappable superstar of all time, so it's hard. Like you were saying, it's hard to really bet against him. But, my God, Giannis on that Nets team would just... That would be, that'd be insane. <laughs> Plus, yeah. he, gives that, he gives that team the defense that they need, too. Yeah, that's what... Josh just put that in there, too. Great points. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's, and it, I, I hope people aren't taking from this, like, oh, that means we're saying Giannis is better than KD. Not necessarily, but the fit on that team. I mean, Harden and Giannis pick and rolls. If, if Giannis didn't just spike the ball into Harden's forehead every time, like, I, that's such a hard thing to stop, man. Like, that's even better than, that would be the best play Harden's ever gotten to run. And he's obviously so good at his isolations and all that and dribbling the air out of the ball, but, now you give him the lob threat to Giannis. You get Kyrie moving around. They still have Joe Harris moving around. Imagine trying to defend a Giannis Harden action with Joe Harris on one side, Kyrie on the other side, and then, I don't know, probably Bruce Brown floating around ready to move into the dunker spot or whatever the hell Bruce Brown do, does. Yeah, that team would be ridiculous. I think, I think I'm yeah, going that's, nuts. That's what get better. That's what really get better. <laughs> Man, that'd be a fun Giannis team is just, He's so dominant. He's insanely dominant. Yeah, I hope someday in That's Milwaukee. That's a really good question, though. I want to, I want to see Giannis with an all, like an All NBA guard someday in Milwaukee, really, really badly. Because I just think they would unlock each other. Dame and Steph, Steph baby. Yeah, I guess Steph right now. Dame's team is doing good. Um, Max follows up yeah. with the Bucks. Also get better, just not to the same degree. I don't know. I don't. I don't really think they would. I'm just trying to think of like. I think they'd. Re- I think they'd remain around even. Probably. I mean, I, I feel like they're. It's hard to say. I think in years past, I would have said they. Well, because like they usually build so much just to build around Giannis. Like you need the spacing, but I feel like they've looked at that as a little less important lately, and just gotten like more good players than trying to fit everything around Giannis. I, I think know. they'd remain around even. I think they would too. I think hmm. we just said Giannis is better than KD. I don't know. I think we kind of did. I think we found Whatever, a small way of saying that, it. Yeah, yeah. We get roasted. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, J- Justin says, or I guess this wasn't a question, but I'm kind of kind of treated as one. The issue is there's four players we can trust in the fourth quarter right now since we added PJ. Can't fully trust Dante. So obviously, Giannis, Chris, Drew, and now. Presumably PJ Tucker, who I think, I think you trust him to be in the right spots. Maybe if he doesn't necessarily add that much on offense, you just you just kind of write that off at that point, which I think is not an unrealistic expectation. Like with those other three players, I think you can settle for a guy like PJ, who you know the defense and rebounding and toughness is going to be there, and he's going to play well in those playoff moments because you've seen it. So even if he isn't getting back to leading the league in corner threes it's still like totally worth it. And it's still good to have him out there. I do think the point is valid though, about Dante. It is, it is getting a little hard to trust him after the the meltdown a couple of days ago. Yeah. It's, I think we just need a larger sample size and we'll see that as the season goes on, but it's just, it's hard to make any assumptions because he's just so volatile. <laughs> That's the word we keep coming back to with Dante is volatile. And I think we'll, keep coming back to that word it's until we see one trend either up or down in one way or the other just give us an answer dante please <laughs> well that's, and just make the answer good i do think I, it's interesting to me that pat in the spurs game played nearly as much as dante i've been wanting to talk about pat Connaughton. there every single game there's like i'll send out a tweet about whatever it is and invariably at least once or twice a game during the game or to the stock market tweet that now comes from at Eurostep podcast, which you should follow on Twitter. Somebody is like, how is Pat still playing these many minutes? What's going on? Why is Pat playing 
I feel like Pat's the reason we're losing. Pat Cotton cannot be playing these kind of minutes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry. He's just been good. Like he hasn't been passable. He hasn't been okay. He's been good pretty much all season. He went on like a week long shooting slump. He's since rebounded from that. He's been in a good position more often than not. Even I will say defensively, he's been better than last season. He's always been athletic. Obviously that was like what kept him in the season. But at this point, like he keeps playing because he's good. And we, everyone who listens will know we don't hesitate to voice any differences of opinion with Mike Budenholzer. We may have him playing Pat a lot, I think is like one of his most foolproof decisions. I just think it's been a good decision. Guys shooting 39% from three, 56.9% from two. Cause he's not taking dumb shots. He's honestly, he's kind of like the anti Dante. Like he, he is almost only taking smart shots, 4.4 rebounds, 1.3 assists to just 0.4 turnovers, about six and a half points per game. Carlos said still on that PTSD. I think, yeah, I think it's almost Bucks fans hate when people have like outdated takes on Giannis and Chris, right? I think they have the outdated takes on Pat. Like, People are still acting like it's last year, Pat, who's playing these minutes. Guy doesn't look the same. He's been good. It's been quietly one of like the really nice parts of the season. It's like, oh, that guy they signed to a contract that looked absolutely awful at the time, and that was absolutely awful at the time, suddenly is like, oh, he's actually been a good role player pretty much all season. Yeah, I mean, we can't really harp on his performances at all. We could definitely do that last season. We we And we did <laughs> a lot of the time because we would – constantly see these mistakes that he's making he's just not shooting the ball he's not making the right play he's trying to do too much out there now he's not he's just he's flat out he's just being a good player for this team and it's it's hard to argue with that right like that's your entire point it's hard to argue when he's actually producing out there on the basketball court i don't know it's just it's a it's a weird thing among bucks fans it's just like we've seen the lows of pat obviously but that doesn't mean that they're going to continue to be that way. Players can get better. And I think he has. We just got a great question in the chat. Did you see this? Yes. You want to read it? Okay. So at this point in the year, this is from Carlo. Did the botched Bogdanovich trade ultimately benefit us or hurt us? Uh, wow. I, I mean, think it's a win. It, it's a little unfair. Bogdan's been hurt. Um, he hasn't played much. He hasn't played well. He hasn't really a lot of weirdness with that Atlanta team. And he missed a lot of, he's only played 17 games, only started two games at this point, pretty clearly it's benefited. Um, assuming that everything happens the same and he misses this time and doesn't really get acclimated. Dante has been better on the season. I mean, even with the Dante issues that we talked about overall, you look at their, their seasons as a whole. I think Dante has pretty obviously been better um, in almost every regard. I think it's funny because you'll still see the tweets and some of the, like when Bucks get in a morass late, which hasn't happened as much as you mentioned, they kind of feels like they figured a couple things out. Their late game clutch time performances look a lot better, especially offensively. But, you know, I've seen a couple of tweets like this is why they tried to make that Bogdan trade, which is true when they, when they were getting hung up more earlier, but like he hasn't really been good this season. He hasn't been healthy. He hasn't gotten to play. So it's a little bit of an unfair thing. It'd be better. It'd be different if he hadn't gotten hurt. But right now, assuming everything holds the same, yeah, it's like an undeniable win that didn't go down. I think the way things happened instead is, has been much better. Dante looks better than Bogdan, straight up. Yeah, and if they did that trade, they wouldn't be able to get P.J. Tucker. Oh, yeah. Another great point. Yeah, so I think it's 
I mean, it's not even a, a, a legit question. I think you'd obviously rather have at this point in the season, how everyone has played Dante and PJ Tucker than Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, that's an easy, it's an easy win. So thank you, NBA. You actually made the Bucks better <laughs> by trying to make them worse. I still want that second round pick back though. Yeah. I mean, that'd be nice. <laughs> was they there, have to take something. Was there no pick going to, uh, to Sacramento in that trade? It was just Bogdan, so. wasn't it? I think it was just Bog. Uh, yeah, I think it was just the players, Dante and DJ. And Ursan. And Ursan, yeah. <laughs> Future Jazz, man. Ursan at least over. Yeah, it was. So the the picks wouldn't have really – I guess they would technically have more picks if they hadn't – if it had gone through because they wouldn't have lost that second. But you'd much rather have the Houston second they ended up getting than the second rounder that they, was taken away. Yeah, so it's an undeniable win for Milwaukee that that trade didn't go through. I guess the question is going to be since he's like looking forward, it might be a different story. Yeah, that's I fair. guess it depends how Bogdan bounces back. And he's had as someone, uh, Celtic Rick just noted, I wouldn't say he's been really nice. I mean, he's had a two for 12 game, a four for 10 game. He's had, I'd say two very good games since coming back, including one 23 point game where he made five threes. But I think he's been, even since coming back, a, a little bit streaky offensively and hasn't, you know, three, four assists here or there. He's been fine, but missed a ton of time. And I don't know. I, I think right now, certainly, I'd rather have P.J. Tucker and Dante than Bogdan. And if Dante if Dante can get consistently good, like closer to his ceiling, not all the way there. I think that's a little unrealistic. But, like, if he can get 80% of his highs and stay there almost all the time, then I think he'll just be a better player than Bogdan straight up. And that's then it's clearly a win. I don't know if that happens, but that is a possibility. Plus, they get P.J. Tucker and the second-round pick. Yeah, it's just – it's wild to think back. <laughs> that's a really good question. It's, it's, really, it's really interesting to look back and say, oh, man, we were so disappointed when that didn't happen, and now it is what it is, and now it's like, oh, we're glad that didn't happen. Like, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. I think that's still our most downloaded episode ever. It, oh no no no! Doesn't shock me. No, it's second. Uh, bubbles, bu- bubble bucks, bubbles burst by Budenholzer. My favorite of my titles all time is number one. Um, the Drew and Bogdan pod is number two. We both woke up to the news. Then we woke up. Or, we didn't wake up to that news, <laughs> but yeah, a few days later, it was suddenly off. Why does that keep happening? This, how many things have not gone through for the Bucks this year? What do you mean, Miles Powell? Oh, yeah. Suddenly e. gone? Montgomery? E.J. Montgomery? Like, what's going on? Like, what? what <laughs> is it uh, just people just being linked to the Bucks now to generate value? There's been, like, some, there's been some speculation that uh, Miles Powell might sign a 10-day. Oh, has there been? Yes. I don't, that's, I, that's not, like, substantiated with any reporting or anything. But it's just an idea that's been thrown out there. Is Miles Powell even real? He might not be, honestly. It's the new Dario Saric. I didn't think Dario Saric was real for like two years. Does he, he actually up being real? This? Yeah, he's he's actually yeah. very good for the Phoenix. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a fine player. Um, fine. Carlo, he's really good. Yeah, he is. Um, better than their number one overall pick that could have been Luka Doncic. Imagine that team right now. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Luka, and Dario Saric over there. Plus Mikhail Bridges. Oh, my goodness. There's no reason they couldn't have all those players, right? Yeah, it would have been the salaries would have been exactly the same as DeAndre. Imagine that team. That's a that's a juggernaut. 
Um, oh, well. Carlos says, what changes would you still want to see from Coach Bud? You, you mentioned this. I think this is a good a good topic to end on. We we should have a bud conversation. What yeah, what what more? So, what what do you want to see? I can't think of anything really in particular right now, and that's a shock to me. That's a <laughs> shock that I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> but I think he's actually been decent, decent to good. Here's a prime I, I, example of that. Yeah, yeah. So late in the game against San Antonio yesterday. We see, you know, the Bucks, you know, not really pulling away from San Antonio. Like we were saying, San Antonio shooting the lights out. It feels like it's a prime trap game, right? But it's late in the game. You know what play they go to, Ty? I've never seen this before. So they go to a Chris Giannis pick and roll where Giannis pops. Yeah, Chris drives the lane, pops out to Gian- pops out to Giannis, flares to the corner. Giannis immediately flows into a DHO with Drew Holiday, who gets a wide open lane to the basket. When we have like we that. ever seen anything like that before? Uh, never wary. The month never yep. wary is when we've seen that before. That's just, it's insane. Like you were saying, we saw some zone busted out earlier against the Spurs. We saw full switching. We saw Brooke actually doing stuff on the perimeter which we haven't really seen as much. And then they alternate back to drop coverage when uh, the Spurs are, you know, not trying to abuse perimeter play against Brooke. So they're making adjust. I said this earlier. They were making adjustments in order to win the game, not and just to do it. And it worked. They won the game because of the way they reacted to what the Spurs were doing. They were not being proactive in like just, oh, we're going to do our scheme. We're going to, you know, make some rotational adjustments. We're going to make some schematic adjustments just to do it, just to see how this would work. No, they've done that. They did that earlier in the season. Now they're reacting. They're seeing, oh, how are we going to read what this uh, Spurs offense is doing, what the Spurs defense is doing? How are we going to attack this and win the game? That's something we've never seen from this coaching staff before. And we're seeing it now. We saw it a bit against the Sixers, and I think it was epitomized in that Spurs game. And I think we're going to see it a lot more going forward. It's going to be interesting to see against this Pacers team on Monday how this really flows. But they're making reactive adjustments. It's it's a it's a basic concept, but it blows our mind as watchers <laughs> of the Bucks, right? <laughs> the minute I like the minutes a lot too. Like I haven't had many issues with his rotation lately. I mean, you look at this game. We get about one minute of garbage time, right? I think on B-Ball Ref, at least, Maryland wore a log 54 seconds. So we'll call it a minute. So if the game was closer, you assume all the starters would have played another minute or so. Chris would have been at 37. Drew would have been at 35 and a half. Giannis would have been at 34 and a half. That's kind of where I want to see those guys. I feel like we're, we're not seeing 28 minutes of Giannis every night, and it hasn't seemed to affect him much. He looks awesome, especially late in games. He looks more comfortable than ever in those situations. I love that we saw 27 minutes of Brooke Lopez. We just talked about, you know, maybe a little less Brooke Lopez. Maybe it'll keep him fresh. He played a ton against Philly, but there were two game, two nights off after that. And Philly just has some bigs. Even with them beat out, you're going to see, you know, Dwight Howard out there a bunch. So it made more sense. We see Brooke getting a little bit of rest, which I like. Um, Pat being the number one reserve, I don't have an issue with. Maybe a little bit more Bobby Portis, but, you know, the Bucks lost his minutes by a lot. His shot wasn't necessarily falling. His threes weren't falling. I'm not gonna not gonna be too upset. I do think, you know, not to certainly not to defend or remove blame from old Bud and the stuff he used to do. I do think he does. I mean, I mentioned this already. The roster is much more 
adapted or easily adaptable to different schemes. I think that was part of kind of the push and pull between the like the team and Bud was like, I mean, there's been so many jokes about like Horace took away all the depth, so we'd have to play the guys more minutes, and now there's more stretchable players. So you know, it, it's easier to say let's stre- let's switch, you know, one through five when you have Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker than when you have like. Eric Bledsoe and Ursan and Nikola Miritich, like they're actually able to do this stuff much better than in years past. They still should have done it more, but I do think it's kind of a, it's a snowball effect, right? Like they have a roster more, more able to do these kind of things that are going to help them in the postseason, and they're actually doing it. And unsurprisingly, you know, it works. <laughs> I think it works better now than it would have a year or two ago. I still think they should have obviously perform better than they did in the last two postseasons, but it, it's I, th- I think the tools are better now as well for sure for sure it's a it's a collaboration that'll say it's a it's not just bud doing all this right it's horst it's the entire roster it's the players themselves bullying bud into doing things that we've talked about like drew's do, been doing it i think pj's gonna do it too <laughs> so you get that sort of element into it as well and you just you get an amalgam of all these different voices trying to get to the same place, and it works. It's a complete op- it. You need complete organizational unity for these things to actually happen, and we're starting to see that. Also, just I, I think the ball has been maybe flowing to the best players a little bit more in these last couple of games, especially the Spurs game. I think you know we talked about how badly it looked like they were missing that reserve point guard early in the Philly game, and obviously they they came back, but. Like Giannis should have double digit assists if there's no backup point guard and like the the a little shorthanded of a roster. Like just put the ball in his hands over and over and let him make the right decisions. And in the past, you would see, you know, a little bit too much tunnel vision and he's just trying to score every single time. I think Giannis kind of taking that step forward as a playmaker is also one of those things that is really gonna help. I mean, you mentioned the players being more adept. I think that's the the number one difference. Um, although Chris being able to score a little bit at the rim helps too. As an aside, I really like the more active on offense Brooke Lopez we've seen. Like, I, I think he looks better as an all-around player, even though he's still going to you know jump too late to some defensive contests or whatever. I think the fact that now his shot diet isn't just like a ton of like super far away threes. Uh, I'm a fan of getting him rolling to the rim more. I think that's something he's good at. I like if he's going to seal up a smaller player in the post, let him do that. The fadeaways make me want to claw my eyes out. I can't stand it. I cannot stand Brooke oh doing his best goodness. Dirk Nowitzki impression. That play just, made me want to jump out a window. It's that Where people said, wh- why? Corner three. Uh, wide yes. open. And he just decides to charge the lead, try to do a weird little step back, and, it's, and he missed. He bricked it. Like, <laughs> I wasn't a fan. What are you doing? Wasn't a fan of Burke Lewitsky one bit. And I think Nikias took the clip and said, this is why the Bucks got PJ Tucker. And I laughed super hard <laughs> to avoid that, that happening. Um, but, but I like if, if they get him taking better shots on offense that aren't just like corner threes and far above the break, break threes. I think that's good for his overall game to kind of keep him more involved. And I think he's on his longest double digit scoring spree since he's been a Milwaukee buck. Now I'm pulling a Rohan. I forget who tweeted that, but we've seen more all-around offensive contributions from Brook Lopez, and I'm all about it. Yeah, for sure. Except for the yeah. except for the Dirks, no, no more Dirks. Yes, it's no yes. more. Dirks. No more of that. Unless you're catching the ball in like on the block or on like the baseline. If you catch the ball wide open from three, never do that. 
Never do that if you want to keep my sanity. I don't know if you care about that book, Lopez, but please do because I will go insane if you keep doing that. And I'm sure I don't want him to do it ever. Like, back somebody up, man. Like, you're seven foot, like, 14. It feels when he's like closer, huge. When he's closer to the basket, he's usually making that. I feel like the yeah. last two seasons, he's never, he's missed like three of those attempts. It feels like he makes like most of them. And when he misses, it's an aberration. But if you're doing it from that deep while you're turning down a wide open corner three, just never, just never. He hesitated too and then did it. He could have when, passed to another shooter as well, but he didn't. I forget who it was on the wing. Every, I, time, he, Chris. every time he gets the ball behind the, the arc and he passes it at any circumstance, I'm so proud because normally if he gets the ball beyond the arc, like he's either going to shoot it with his little like stagger fadeaway or do one of those where he kind of drives in. And I don't even know. I don't even have adjectives to describe Brooke Lopez contested drives. It's just like, it works more often than you think, but it's still, it's like probably never optimal to do. Like, I don't really want him initiating any offense. That's not a wide open three. If he's beyond the arc, but he will sometimes. It's it's like Dante, man. I wish I wish I was that bold. But every time he passes to anybody else, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. It, that is possible. That's good to know. Uh, what else? What else do we need to talk about, Yitai? I don't know. I think I, I I got on the rant I wanted to get on. Um, I'm excited to see what happens before the trade deadline. If there is another trade, or if we're just going to be you know buyout market and free agent point guards, I do think by this time next week, by our next Buckstock Radio here on Locker Room app. So Sunday, a week from today, I do think we're going to have a point guard on the roster, at least one. I put up a poll, actually, on the uh, the Eurostep Twitter. What would you like to see with the two open roster spots? Two point guards, a point guard and a wing, or a point guard and a big, or something else? And point guard and wing actually was what won that. I think I wouldn't mind to see two point guards. Maybe just take two swings, two bites of the apple. I think... I think they have enough wings right now, but I, I guess I'll throw that to you as we wrap here. What would you rather see in terms of positional breakdowns from those two roster spots? I think I'd go point guard and a wing. You can never really, really have too many wings, but and they desperately need a point guard. So, yes, for sure. First priority is getting a point guard, and just a wing is a luxury. You can't – I know that's a buzzword uh, for the bus, but <laughs> – They don't need those. Nah, oh my goodness. Uh, let's not get into that. Uh, but you can't have too many. You can't really have too many. And if someone pops, it's just great. But I guess still point guard in the wing. I guess my issue is like, I just, I fear it ends up being another Tory Craig situation where it's someone who's great in theory, but isn't actually all that necessary. If they get a, another wing player. Yeah, that's fair. It could be like a break glass in case of emergency or something. Yeah, that's true. Like, in case there's an injury of some sort. Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday, that's a fire idea, Carl. I don't think that's possible. I would love to unite. I've said this before. If the roster becomes half Holidays and the Tedekumpos, I have no issue with that. Like, let's be the nepotism team. Who cares? Bring back Robin Lopez. Maybe. Oh, they're good, though. They're good. Yeah, that's the thing. All the Holidays are, are pretty good. Mostly yeah, the Tedekumpos like- are good. Uh, Aaron Holiday in particular, he's sort of been banished from the rotation in uh, Indiana. Like, he's not even playing that much. I think it's around, like, eight minutes a game, I want to say, uh, for the Pacers. So, I think he's he's been linked to the Clippers. But if you can get him has. in Milwaukee, that'd be, that'd be insane. If that Houston pick is tradable, man. If it is, which we have no idea. Yeah, we don't know. But 
And Justin Holiday is like a fine way. I've all, I've wanted Justin Holiday like the last five off seasons. Yeah, and basically to fill, good. fill the Tony Snell void, or just get Tony Snell. It's too good, man. He He's is probably untouchable. League in three point percentage. He cool. he honestly so probably is Snell. for the Hawks. They need yeah they need him, which is so funny, yeah. <laughs> so so funny that I think he's been better pretty comfortably on the season than either Bogdanovich or Gallinari. Oh yeah, he's starting for them. He's starting over Bogey. If I'm Listen, correct, Tony Snell is undeniable. He is. He's inevitable. <laughs> Tony Snell is Thanos. Oh, but uh, but yeah, I, I would say two point guards just because. There's just a chance that the one you get doesn't work out. So I think I'd rather – it's just such a position of need. I'd rather take two swings. Or I guess I guess fully optimal would be like one more of a pure point guard and then one more of a combo guard so you get a little bit more flexibility. But I wouldn't mind just because I'm not sure they're going to get anyone who I like entirely trust to fit in and play well on the team. So I guess I'm just thinking of it as purely a mathematical thing. Like why not try twice – because I don't think you're going to get any wing, probably, who supplants the reserve wing core of like Pat, Bryn Forbes, PJ Tucker. Although I think a more conventional three, I guess, could fit in there. Um, and I, I guess I should throw Thanasis in as well, though he did not play in the last game. I think, I think PJ Tucker might kind of be the end of the Thanasis minutes. Which RIP. I'm gonna. Miss I don't him. know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I know. I am too. Unless you, unless you slide him up to the five or the other way. Other way. No, I don't want that. Why not? Maybe I he just, should I, be the starting team. No. Jeezy's uh, excited about this. I, 43's been good, man. I know Jeezy's making everyone buy 43 jerseys. He shouldn't be the starting two. I, I, it took me a while to process that you actually said that. Maybe closing two. How about that? I, I think he's now going to be the break glass in case they have no energy guy again. Like If it's like that Raptors game and everyone just looks like they want to go home, you gotta like throw th- throw Thanasis out there to like punch somebody in the face via dunk or all or the things that he does. Just punch them in the face. He might literally going yeah, for might a literally. block. I, I will say, I will say his new role of reaction gift king. Whenever Giannis does anything, it's a very good role for him. He's very good at it. I think I missed Coach Hamlet. I saw people tweeting about Coach Ham looking yeah. at it. I don't think I actually saw it. It was happen. it was why it was very. It was- about that considering like it was just it was beautiful but he he gave him such a side eye such a side eye it was beautiful oh man we love it but no i think i think that is i think we've covered everything for now i feel like we got to all the big topics yeah um i'm just scrolling through the chat here oh we did get one more here. Oh, yeah. Do you think? This is actually this is a good question from Jeezy. Yeah. Do you, you all think the guy facing domestic violence charges, meaning Rodion Karuk, I believe is how you pronounce his name, will remain on the roster? That's actually a great question. I hope not. Um, I think he – was he out with it, an injury? Yeah, he technically he, has an he injury. He was listed out. He was listed as inactive. So, I mean, if war is listed active, as active over you, I mean, I guess we'll see if Axel the injury is real or not. But, was active. Yeah, I mean, I think that that says a little bit right there. Um, I I didn't hear about an injury beforehand, so it could be a legit thing that has caused him to sit out, or it could just be like a let's keep this guy off the roster. I want to say no. That might just be my personal preference. I I hope not. I hope he's released or traded somewhere. 
Um, but we'll see. I mean, it hasn't happened yet. The deal was completed. He's officially a Milwaukee Buck, even though he hasn't done anything. I hope not, I guess I is my answer. Well. I, I'm kind of 50-50. I think I'm 50-50 on if he actually is removed somehow I don't think he, or not. Even if he's on the roster, I don't think he'll ever be with the team. I, I don't think, I mean, like, I would slot him behind Thanasis, and Thanasis didn't play in the no, last I'll game. Even, no, I'm not, I'm saying, like, he's not even going to be with the team. Do we know if he's, like, around? No, we haven't seen him at all. I don't think he's in Milwaukee. There was no Jet video. Unless, was he the guy that greeted P.J. No, that was Tucker? Giannis, I think. The height differences. Were they? Or I might be thinking of a different video. I don't know. I would, but there's, I there's I no proof of him in Milwaukee. <laughs> we, need, we need Bucks Twitter to dig into this. Find his location. Legally. Please. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Is he, oh, he's on Twitter. He's on Twitter. Um, he retweeted someone who said he's been traded to one of the best teams in the league. Oh, no. But I don't think he's really done anything else. He also retweeted Jamal Crawford. Okay. I don't know what to take from that. And he liked a Houston fan who thanked him for his time there. Did he there. even play for them? He, the, the fan said even when he didn't play, he would cheer on his teammates. And when his number was called, he played hard. So He appeared um, in 11 sounds like he games didn't. for the Rockets. Apparently he was a big bad. I don't know. I I hope not. I just, get him out of here. Yeah, man. just he he didn't play for over. He played twenty minutes once, and outside of that, six and below for the Rockets. That's kind of wild, considering how many players they lost to various things. I mean, Christian Wood didn't play for like a month. Yeah, he missed fifteen, and they don't straight. exactly have a ton of big guys. Yeah, just yeah. Finally, it's a get him out. Get him out of here. Come on, horse god. Yeah. Got to do it. Okay, do we have do we have anything else we need to touch on here? No, I think now that was a, that was a great. I I forgot to touch on Karuk, so I'm glad we got there. But I I think I think that that, that will do it now. Okay, uh, if there's nothing else in the chat here in the next couple seconds here, uh, I will say thank you for listening to this episode of Buckstock Radio here on Locker Room Live and just on the Blue Wire Podcast General as a whole. Uh, if you did enjoy this episode, please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you tell all of your family and friends about the show. Check out all of the content across the entire Blue Wire Podcast Network. Stay safe, everyone. Enjoy the weather the best you can, and we will talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.